<laughs> I was gonna say it's Greg gonna reset so we get to go back and he can make an easier edit. <laughs> yes. Good evening, Moo, and hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pink Tron. We will start off as we start off every evening with our a new guest. Let's start with Ben Poynton. What are you drinking? Considering it is 10 to 11 in the morning, I've got a glass of water. Very <laughs> boring. It's legit. It's legit. We've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. We're also joined by Chris Greenland. Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, it's uh, almost five o'clock here. So I'm actually going through, we found an extra box of single barrel samples from Eagle Rare. Uh, so we're going through some little whiskey flasks here. Nice. A little treat. Yep. A mystery whiskey, basically. <laughs> yeah. Three different uh, single barrel samples that they sent out. So very cool. And we are also joined by Craig Martin. Craig, what are you drinking? So I'm relatively boring today i get uh, sleeman dog days session ale so very good and i have a gin and tonic with um also pretty boring it's a co-op gin i don't co-op is a bit of a local alberta grocery Sweet. chain so it's uh, like it's like i don't know what the equivalent would be safeway gin no nah, we, get, we get the same thing uh back into runswick so we Where, have co-op it's it's cheap but it works so perfect there you go so let's start by talking about week one of herd winter racing. This one was a lap of ocean lava cliffside loop. Chris, you raced race two. I raced race run and Ben and Craig, you guys also did the broadcast on race two. Yeah. What do, what do we, what do we want to say about ocean lava cliffside loop herd winter racing for this week? So oh, I think it's a brilliant course. It's a fantastic yeah. race course one of the better ones on Zwift, in my opinion. Uh, it's, yeah, it's got plenty of attack points, it's got plenty of separation, and it's got a really tactical uh, finish line where you can have a crack coming out of the tunnels or wait to the last minute for a group bunch, bunch sprint. Perfect, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. So the I guess the first of those attack points you mentioned, I think, is basically the Dirty Suppressor, the dirt, climb coming up from the volcano into the italian village um those of you who weren't in race one we were on discord we had a huge discord group i don't know what you guys discord was like in race two but i'll tell you in race one i think we were at about a dozen or 15 people on the discord it was great nice and uh we're in the discord and tj says oh get ready for an attack on uh dirty surpresa and one of the guys says, I'm sorry, I just don't quite understand what you're saying. I said, I'm pretty sure TJ is telling us to get ready in case there's an attack on Dirty Surpresa. And TJ says, no, no, let me rephrase. I'm going to attack on the Dirty Surpresa. <laughs> let there be no mistake about it. <laughs> so, sure enough, we got there and he did go off. And and I, I, I assume that he was only just trying to hurt people because... I went, I went with the move and there was a couple other herd racers who went with the move, but it, it did fizzle pretty hard coming onto the cobbles there before you get back to the pavement. So I think he kind of backed it off. and wasn't trying to break. Like there's some, there were some really strong riders who were going to make it in any event. So um, yeah. I don't know. How about you guys? Did you guys get a push there, Chris? Uh, yeah. Dirty Surpresa was a little spicy. It, it wasn't, overly ridiculous i don't think um i tried to position towards the front dish but still four or five wheels deep just so i could allow for that natural slide back and still be in the front group and i don't i honestly don't remember how hard i had to push to stay up there but it wasn't overly ridiculous i don't feel and let let me also um mentioned that my legs are actually feeling a little bit stronger now than they felt in the last couple of weeks. So maybe it was a little bit harder than I'm remembering, but uh, yeah, the answer, the long answer to a short question is I don't remember, Brent. So I guess I'd say, you know, from the, from the broadcast perspective, watching it looked hard, but not ridiculous. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd say the same. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely shook 
you know, a dozen, maybe not quite a dozen riders from the group, I would say, ultimately. I'd say you eight. shook all but some strong C's. Yeah. I, I think you got rid of most of the C's and all the D's at that point. Uh, I, I think that was a that was a that was a selection point for sure. Yeah, so that's a little shakeout point. The climb is the big yeah. So the climb basically separates the A's and the B's. Yeah. yeah. So the dirty suppressor separates the front C's and D's from the rest. And then you get to the climb where it really caps out. So you yeah. get that the five or six A guys way off the front. The group of really strong B's and maybe the not so strong A's in the second group chasing where I think you were, wasn't it, Chris? Um, and uh, then you get your five, six, nine sort of rider groups chasing up after that who can't quite keep up with the, with the bigger dogs. But um, just quietly, I am not looking forward to it tonight. It's going to be so loud. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I, as I was making that climb up, I re kept remembering something that I heard somewhere from somebody much smarter than me, and that was, if you find yourself in a group where you're the strongest rider, you've made a strategic mistake. Yep. So you're trying to slide up and up and up, and if that climb were, like I was saying before, 10 or 15 seconds longer, there's no way I would have stayed on those wheels in that second group, but that's, I just said to myself, this is where the race is going to be made, so... Stick it here. Well, and it's it's a three minute effort, right? Yeah, um, which is two minutes longer than I'm good at. So yeah, yeah didn't feel that. A... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. I I agree with Ben. I love this course. I mean, there's a reason I wanted it for week one. Um, there's a reason I wanted it for the finale of the Herd Club Championships. So. Uh, yeah, no, I'm. I love it. I think it was a great. Uh, it, it was a great show. So uh, yeah. Well, the really nasty part of the of that climb is not just like the three minutes. Well, really, like the hard steep bit is probably two of those three minutes. But then you you got to do that three percent across the bridge to get the turn point for the Strava segment. But then it's that bypass is like one to two percent average all the way across. So like. I know Mark Telford will tell you this, that like the, the A's don't stop. No, like they just keep going for like five minutes or six minutes yeah. to get all the way across that bypass. And, you know, like, I, I gotta say, like I got to the top of the steep bit. I was, could I have maybe if I'd smash, 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 got back onto the back of the A group into the start of the bridge, maybe, but like, that would have been it. I would have fallen to the next group of the bees. So I was like, discretion is a better part of valor. Let's get ready to hold this next bee group across the top of this bridge because I'm done. So, and then down to the finish, which is yeah. a good finish. The, the old downtown out of the tunnel finish is, you know, I, I, have you ever seen it make the stick that move out of the tunnel? I've never seen it. I, I've seen you guys try. I've seen so, it once in about three years. So it doesn't. Yeah happen very often but it gets tried an awful lot yeah I, i'd say it, it happens about as often as somebody sticks the you know the the move going into the uh going into the uh the s's as opposed mm -hmm. to halfway through yeah. right um yeah yeah so and i say yeah. that as a victim of someone who's made it stick through the s's so <laughs> um it, yeah, no, it, it's it's a tough. That's a tough move, and you know, to it's probably someone that's made uh, that's made that strategic error of being the strongest one in the group. Like you, it's mm. you, you have you have to be the strongest one in the group to make that stick from there. I mean, even more than that, going the length of the S's. I mean, you you can do that a bit on just audacity, right? Because nobody thinks you're going to do it. People's if you're in a big group, people start looking at each other, kind of thing. Um, yeah. But that's a that's a steady up. That's a steady climb after you know one two percent three percent after you uh, get out of the tunnel, like that. 
you're going to get eaten up there. Uh, it's not, you don't have the, the rollers to, to pump like you do in the S's. Right? That, mm. That's a really hard move to make. But fortune favors the bold some days. So if you feel the group slow down, take a yeah. crack. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah when it's going to work is when you think nobody else is going to work to stay with you. I mean, yeah. You're racing so. people. You're not racing power meters. You're racing people. Yep. Which I guess brings us to the next most interesting feature of this HWR this week is it is the final race of the herd club championship. Yes. So um, Chris and I have been racing herd club championship. Ben and Craig have not been racing herd club championship. Um, I guess the first thing to note is, is um, this HWR your time at the HWR across all the races is your rank for this race yeah. for HCC. So just out of curiosity, um, the front group, the first 13 riders was essentially the front group in our race yeah. one, did it yeah. under 27 minutes. And the first rider to finish in the race two was 2739 was 40 seconds slower than the 13th fastest rider in race yeah. one. So, wow. Um, so picking your was, field could also be very uh, important for club championship as well. Well, I mean, that, scorekeeper was in race one, right? Yes. Yeah. Scorekeeper, Bart, TJ, <laughs> yeah. Tatum, Mark, like there was a, like that, that was, was a murderer's row. Yeah. It was full deep. Um, Nate, or sorry, I don't know. Nate, the psychologist. I don't know. Sorry, Nate, if you don't want your name used, but I know you put it in Discord. Um, he won our bunch sprint in the second group, and yeah. uh, he was a twenty-seven forty-three. So he was only four seconds slower than the winner. Right. And I was a twenty-seven forty-four because I had a shit sprint. So yeah. <laughs> so um, that's another interesting feature. Um, you're gonna have to pedal. You can't just pull off the gas. And I will say credit to the group I was with. We definitely had guys pushing the pace um, across the top and down the, like, like guys knew it. They were, yeah. they were pedaling it. Um, felt like so I we was have trying. to resist the, uh, the reputation we're getting as the herd of wheel suckers to uh, actually <laughs> push the pace. Yeah. Oh, so it, um, it is fairly uh, justified at times though. Yeah, yeah. I, I know there's an awful lot of us that do absolutely adore being the last wheel in a group. So, uh, oh, it's one of these. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's the tactics, but sometimes it's the wrong. The, the, the only time it bothers me is when it's actually the wrong tactics. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, guys, we shouldn't sit here and wait for this group to catch us. We should go. Yeah. I'll say my group today went no qualms there. So uh, if you're racing, you hear this and you're racing HWR and HCC, you're going to want to make sure your group is going as fast as you can. So that'll be yes. an interesting dynamic. I think what'll be an interesting dynamic is if um, some of the A groups get smaller and they have kind of like that mid A level and some of the yeah. top Bs get onto those A wheels, that could result in some fast times in the Bs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry. No, I, yeah, I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely benefits the Bs, that group, as opposed to the A's. Yeah. So um, then we get into the bit of a mess that we've got at the moment in the, uh, the herd racing schedule. Um, so there was some uh, late audibles being called for the Climber's Gambit. Uh, Chris, what did we arrive at for the Climber's Gambit? The latest direction for Climber's Gambit, we have an encore to the encore weekend. Yep. A warm-off exhibition. Bring your fastest uphill sprinting bike to Richmond because we're going to do 23rd Street. Straight uphill. Ooh, nice. Well, you know what the interesting part about that as our Climber's Gambit sprint is, is that you can carry some momentum down. Oh, sorry, 23rd Street forward. Yeah. 
Yeah, so 23rd Street forward, you're coming down off of Libby Hill. Yeah, yeah, you can carry yeah. the momentum off Libby into yeah. it. It's a half pipe, basically, and then you spent yeah. up. So, <clears throat> climbers gamble. So, no draft. So, you got to kind of just probably almost like start your sprint like halfway down the downside of Libby. I think it's before that. I think right it's the before top. that. So, I, I, think, I think it's two, right? I think you get started on before the steep part coming down off Libby coast and rest a little bit. And then you start the sprint about halfway across that flat before you hit the uh, segment start. You want to make sure you don't lose this, don't lose any speed coming yep. off Libby. So, so you're, you're going to lose what, speed on that hill. You can't quite cruise it. But. No, no, you're, you're losing speed, but you, you got to pound yeah. it. Yeah. yeah no, it, exactly. it's, it's a sprint. It's a, that, that's a, that's a fun one. But like what's it like, like that for that? Like, what do you take? You take a TT bike. Do you take? You take your you most. Take air, you take the. What's the most? The. The. Like try whatever. Was that? Oh, you Absol- take a TT. At TT with the. So. With the disc, absolutely. Get maximize your downhill speed and your speed across the flat, and then just yep. Lose your legs. You're, you're gonna be. You're flying. Like you're yeah. going into that with so much speed. And it's so short, you're going to maintain speed through a big chunk of it, even though it is steep. Um, yeah. Your speed is high. You take one. the arrow. That's going to be a fun one. I like that. But the next question is, are power-ups engaged? No. No. Then it's, t- then it's an easy question. It's, t- it's a TT bike. I haven't done yeah. climbers in a long time. So because if power-ups are bringing it in, uh, you can make an argument for a road bike if, in case you're getting an arrow or a feather. No, I don't think so. I think it's. I think you still want the TT bike. Then say it'd be a good argument instead of be an argument. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is, if you get an arrow, you would have used it on the downhill, and if you got the feather, you'd use it on the uphill. Well, or at least on the flat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like that would that is one that almost everyone can just jump into and see what they do because I think that is one that the there is a an argument to be made for technique and and skill beating someone on raw watts on that one. There's the potential for anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's like a base level of qualification, but and then I but think then, we have no as, mountain. As I say, in nearly every single race I ride, there's a, there's a solid argument you made for straight raw watts. yeah yeah uh raw watts applied at the right time yeah um so mountain goats it's the um it's not written down in the schedule it is the the new innsbruck course that i haven't even looked at yet um so oh the one that has like leg snapper as a finish line Yes. Doesn't have us doing the KOM twice, does it? No, no, it's it, <laughs> it's not. Um, okay. What? Uh, Continentals hill climb. Continentals hill climb. That's the one. Yep. Okay. Innsbruck Continental's Hill Climb. So it's, it doesn't even have uh, the KOM in it at all, Chris. Yes, it does. That's a James, James Bailey special route, that one. Oh, it finishes at the top of the KOM. It finishes at the top of the KOM. Oh, sorry. I thought it was finished the Lake Snapper. Right. No. So th- this is a this is a great this is this route is a mountain goat's route. I mean, you, there's no there's no special finish, there's no nothing. Like this is Right. You, so here's, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's the, this is an interesting course because usually a little bit in mountain goats, you just kind of poodle around in the group until you hit the climb. But this features reverse leg snapper. Yep. Right. You're going to go backwards up legs here. If you want to hold the group, you're going to have to burn some matches because there will be some people who hit out on reverse leg snapper, which features reverse toe snapper and reverse leg snapper, which is <laughs> like yeah. unpleasant. Yes. 
Yeah. I'm and then you're going to have to go do KOM reverse, which is more unpleasantness, but for longer. Yeah. So. Interesting. Nasty one, the backside of uh, Well, and KOM reverse is the rampy <laughs> one, right? So it's the one that it's it's ramp and flat and ramp and flat and ramp and flat. Yeah. I mean, that's the side I like because that's suited to me. But it's still a tw it's still an over twenty minute effort for me, and I'd I'd yeah, hate it. Them. Is but like yeah. I think the best I've ever done is 25 up that. But again, I don't like climbing unless it's to descend something. <laughs> well, it is, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, no descent in that race. <laughs> no, nope, no, no descent in that race. This is the nature of the of the mountain goats, I'm afraid. Yeah. What is my fast? Holy cow, I didn't know I did that. Okay. They won't even tell us. <laughs> it was a 2036. Nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. I've got a 1941 on that route. Yeah. Chasing a bunch of A's up the climb, I'm sure. Is this is where is this where we humble ourselves and have a look at what Mark Kabunskel's done on it? Yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> no. I, I know I watched, I think I did a broadcast with Craig with Mark, no, um, Dan Pedroza. It was Dan. Yeah, I who was I can't remember who the guy he was chasing too. Um, um, it was Noah, wasn't it? Yep, Noah Belch, and yeah. and I think Dan did like low fifteens, and Noah I think was like a fourteen fifty some odd. Well, I so yeah, I'm just looking at times. Yeah, John Fielden's done a a low fifteens. Baz has done basically seventeen flat. TJ as well. Yeah. Those yeah. guys are crazy. Just ridiculous. Yep. It is. It is. Honestly. Good. So yeah, that's that's pretty fun though. I do like Innsbruck. Yeah, I and it's a new course. It's a new course that's perfectly suited to that format. Uh yeah, I like it. Which I guess so. brings us to Stampede, which is 25 kilometers on big loop reverse, which is officially the meanest time trial course in the history of time trial courses. Whose idea was that? I'll give you three guesses. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. So I, I actually wrecked this course and I've already written the write up. It's scheduled to post, but yeah, we do <laughs> um, nine kilometers. So it's the start of um, ocean lava cliffside, right? So it's nine yeah. K to the, um, the epic bottom epic you go up for instead of an ocean cliffside where you hang a left do the bypass you hang a right over to the jungle up over to the jungle down all the way through the jungle in the dirt so we'll talk about bike swap in a second but just so you get the official oh. gist of the timing climb up out of the jungle all the way across the top past the pens back down and you're going to go into the start of epic kom and you do the first kilometer of epic kom which is that steep green bit Yep. A little bit of downhill and then another about two, three hundred meters back in that next steep, like nine, ten percenter. That's evil. That is, is beautiful. It's the <laughs> most ridiculous tide trial course I've ever ridden in my entire life, and I haven't even done the race yet. That is beautiful. I I love that. Yeah, there's three dirt patches. Yeah. So there's there's dirty surpresa, there's the yep. dirt before you get onto the thing and then there's the whole way around the jungle you have to deal with like you you descend so the, let's, let's start with bike swap so i don't think there's any reason not to start on your tt bike because it's nine kilometers of basically flat yep stuff it's tt so tt bike first arrow tt bike but then you're going to get that tt bike up and down into the dirt into the jungle but then the first kilometer and a half to two kilometers give or take of the dirt is like a three four five percent downhill so i don't think you want to try and swap till you at least get to the flat in the jungle before it goes back downhill but talking to mark mark it seems like there's an argument to stick on your tt bike all the way to the bottom because you're trading off crr for arrow on the descent um so, you don't have to test it yeah i don't yeah. think so but 
I, I wrote it on a TT bike. It felt slow. Or sorry, I wrote it on gravel. Yeah. And I think it's faster on the gravel. But... Yeah, I think so too. And I think I, I think the swap point is still the top of the jungle loop. Because you're gonna yep. slow down enough there that you can swap it out. I don't know what what is fastest on gravel these days. Is it a gravel bike or a mountain bike? The gravel but bike if, with the upgraded wheels is fastest, I think. Yeah. So then you go from your TT to that. Yeah. And you'll you'll catch the TT bikes running downhill. That's yeah, my guess. I, I think I, so. I, it'll be tight. I I don't know if you can quite make up the full ten seconds down, but you'll make up a minute on the climb. <laughs> yeah. Coming back and and everyone else is going to be changing bikes in the bottom bottom anyway, so it's like it's a negated cost. Yeah. So as long as you're not traveling quick when you change, you should be fine. Yeah. So then, so then, yeah, you got to come back up, and probably I'd say as soon as you hit the pavement on the way back up, back onto your TT bike. Well, do you go TT bike or do you cl- go climbing bike? Well. I don't know. I still think it's got to be TT because it's only yeah. like 3% to the top. And then there is like a pretty long descent. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you're right. That last kilometer. Like it's only one K of climbing. So I don't know that you can quite like one K of climbing. How much time are you going to make up on a climbing bike? Like maybe. Well, but one K of climbing because that one K is steep. steep, right? Yeah. So one K of steep is a lot of time compared to you're looking at time spent more than distance covered, right? Yeah, it is probably, I would say, having ridden it. But then you're going to have the climbing bike with, with a disc wheel on it. Yeah, you could go somewhere in the middle. You're not going to have time to swap your wheels as well. So Yeah, you're definitely not going to save 10 seconds. And that's the other thing. Like, I, I don't know how optimized people are in their bike swap set up but like you might anytime you'd make up getting to your climber you might yeah. just be faster to swap on your tt bike if it's the one you got set up next yeah yeah i think it's uh tt to gravel to tt just for that reason i because the thing that takes up most of the time on your climbing rig is actually putting your lightweight wheels on that makes well no you can set that up ahead of time can you Yes. Uh, I thought you've you already just been on your full wheel. arrow TT. So you, what you have to do is during that Zwift session, you have to get onto your you have to get onto your bike and put those wheels on, and then go back to your TT bike, and then it should work. Oh, I'm not sure I agree with that, Craig. I don't. I thought you could only have one. I've definitely, I've definitely, definitely had it work. I've definitely had it work. So if you switch from your TT to your lightweight road, it'll swap the wheels automatically? Uh, no, not to your lightweight wheels. Uh, to your, um, when you switch to your gravel, it'll go to okay. the gravel oh, wheels yeah, that yeah, you had yeah. selected. Yeah. I know, but this is what we're saying is you're going to be on your TT arrow. Yes. Then your gravel. But yeah. then when you go back to your lightweight climber, it's going to swap back to the arrow you're wheels. Be on, on your you're, yeah, you're going to be on, you're going to be on your disc wheels. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I Which, mean, in my opinion, kind of negates going to the gra- going to the aero uh, climber bike as over yeah. the aero. And I guess it might be a little lighter, and then it's a question of whether your like aero wheels on your light bike balances out uh, <laughs> hauling your TT bike up the hill. But yeah, in any event, that is about the most confusing possible set of bike swap trade offs. I'll be super curious to hear how it goes for everybody. Yep. Godspeed, DL. <laughs> <laughs> So then we have Bullseye and Neon Flats, two laps, nine sprints. So that's a fun one. So that's basically all of them, right? You got yeah, Castle, you get Tower, you get Railway, you get Alley, and a finish line. Yep. This Neon Flats, the one that hits most of them both ways as well, or is that no. one of the other ones? Just okay. the one, it's too short. Yeah. yeah, and it's two laps, right? So you're gonna hit them each in the forward direction. Yeah, the good one to recce for bullseye if you want to know where those are, because of course you don't have to worry about the distance of the sprint; it's just hitting the line, right? Yeah. And that is the week of herd racing. Yeah, so I, I guess let's just cover 
so next weekend's HWR is Greater London Flat Single Lap. So that's one of our shorter, flatter ones. So that's, yeah, uh, that one's going to be fun. Does it end at Classique? Is that the, at the sprint? Yes. I think. <laughs> yes, it does. The certainty we've got. <laughs> um. That's one that everybody might be able to finish together. <laughs> well, it might well, not be everybody, A's but and B's and C's. yeah. Maybe so the strong, the strong C's are going to get there. Yeah. Um. Good. Well, yeah. we'll talk more about it next week too. But and next weekend is the start of herd beginner racing, and it will be three laps of seaside sprint. So that is D category only, category enforced. And yeah, that's, um, that's that it's, uh, and then we'll break into subcategories afterwards. So, uh, this is, yeah, going back to the, you know, D category only beginnings of herd racing league. Um, you know, we're trying to, uh, come up with something that will engage more people who are racing in D so, or, and more people to race in D. So that's, that is that. That's good. Good. And this is the last, as you mentioned, this is the last week in our HCC. So let's just do a quick, I've been racing HCC. I've had a great time. I think it, the, the balance has been really good. That, that uh, Octorbon summit finish course for mountain goats, which I think that was the Sunday race, right, Chris? For most of us, like if you were doing like yeah. one a day racing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely sapped your strength for the uh, bullseye or stampede on Monday. Stampede, uh, yeah. found, but um, good, good set of courses, good setup. The competition is like close. Like every race mattered to some extent. Like yeah. Kevin Walden, a little bit's running away with the bees and Burt Vanderland's crazy strong, but you know, in between there's like up and down races all over the map. So yeah. um, I think good, good job by, mark who's been doing the um like the daily updates or or every yeah. time we have a race in it to come out he's doing a really good job uh of writing up what's been going on the races because it has been tight up and down all the standings tons and tons of um people have had you know personal bests upgrades all that stuff so yep it's been um it's been great. cool watching it uh yeah so I, I only know of one major casualty. Um, he, he ended up okay, but uh, yeah, Nate Holm ended yeah. up. Uh, I don't think he did the bullseye, which is good. Uh, I, I think I he think dropped. managed to talk him out of that. Yeah, I think he <laughs> dropped after Stampede. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, so he, he pushed a little too hard, I think. Yeah. How's your HCC experience been, Chris? Uh, up and down, quite literally. <laughs> just the one day so it's just the it, one day. It's, it's always a it's always a test right but then when i got done with um mountain goats was always the one that i just had to get through but as i was getting through it just kind of like groupetto style um i wasn't feeling all that great and got some aches and pains. Uh, turns out I had a minor touch of the flu that I got from my kids. So um, there were a couple of nights where I was just not in great shape, had to get literally like 10, 12 hours of sleep, um, cold sweats, shivers, that sort of stuff. So I was dealing with that Sunday, Monday, and into the Tuesday rest day. But I'm I'm back. I'm healthy. My legs feel good. So I had a strong finish to it, but it was just like that doing Octorbon and then doing it with some sort of illness was not fun. <laughs> no, that would, that would have been, I, I didn't, that would have been very unpleasant because. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and then, so Saturday night I, I had a midnight hockey game and I like straight landed on my wrist funky 
So I couldn't shift with my right hand. So I had to drill down the trainer difficulty and reach over and shift with my left hand on my right hood. So that was fun. Um, yeah, it was just a bunch of joy in my garage, really. But we're through it. We're through it. Kudos to everybody else who made it through. Like this is this is fun. And if you tried and you didn't make it, that's cool too. We'll do it again. Yeah, there was definitely a deliberate um, attempt to ease things a little bit from the Ventop followed by Volcano KOM after party and Stampede of last time we did this. Although yeah. we did add two races to it, so maybe. It wasn't quite a, it wasn't entirely trying to make it easier. It was just yeah, different. Uh, different. evening things out a little. <laughs> It'll be yeah. interesting to see if we actually come up with an, uh, another Aminium because that was, that was a mental weekend getting that done. So um, awesome fun, but mental. So something like that would be another challenge as well. I don't know whether we, We'll have to see. Talk. Yeah. We'll have to see. <laughs> that was insanity for sure. Yeah. Fun insanity, but insanity. My trick with Omnium is I don't know that I can ever do another 10 a.m. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. racing stint. Like that was I, that was insane so that you did that because you were running all over for uh, lacrosse that weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly what it was. I had to coach lacrosse during every other race time except for 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Here I was thinking my uh, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or whatever the, my middle of the day racing was was bad enough. So, you know, Brent, Brent was the craziest in that one. Unless I don't think we had anybody attempt to do Omnium in multiple time zones. So. I think Brent won the crazy. Oh, oh. that uh, that there. sounds like a Tatum thing. Don't even Tatum, <laughs> stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need any bad ideas from us. No, uh, I, I think that was possibly the worst idea I've ever had. <laughs> wow, that that's seven. We Omnium was hard, but I still say that the dumbest thing those guys have ever done was the seven. Yes. It was this, HWRs? This, it was HWR, yeah. It was seven HWRs in a weekend, yeah. That was yeah. officially the dumbest thing I've ever seen on Zwift. <laughs> what, like uh, 15 of them or something like that ended up doing it? it was oh. Just incredible. I don't think it was that much, that many. It was, I think it was eight. It was, um, yeah, it was stupid. It, it was admirable stupid, but stupid. Stupid, yeah. <laughs> I just don't like doing that much laundry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I've got enough bibs. Right. Who has enough bibs for that? <laughs> no, I definitely have to wash. Okay. So that brings us to the Around the Horn. And today's Around the Horn topic is ZwiftRacing.app, which um, I don't know. Craig, you could probably explain it better than I can. Um, so I would say my explanation for ZwiftRacing.app will also not probably be perfect. Um, basically, it's a, I would call it a proposal. It's a ranking system. Um, so it's an implementation of uh, multi, of ELO, which is commonly used for chess, um, for multi-participant games. Like racing so yeah every time you race you gain points or lose points uh, depending on who you beat and who beat you um yeah it's it's interesting i think the site is basically a uh yeah it, it's scraping data from zwift power and uh processing it um it's an interesting site it probably shows some things better than zwift power does um yeah i i it's i like it um i don't think it's quite as 
you know, the, the king system that the people, uh, the, the main proponents uh, think it is. I, I, I think it has its own issues, especially given, uh, you know, the fact that bike racing and something physical like this, people don't go all out every time they do it. So that that is going to mess up your ratings a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. And we'll see what happens with it. I'm a little worried they're going to get shut down. Yeah, I mean, the core, I guess, I mean, I guess the purpose of this, as it's described on the site, is just to show a different way of doing, I'll call it categorization. I don't know. He, he creates these categories. I don't know if they mean anything more than the others with categories mean, but they're based off an ELO algorithm ranking, which is the same thing that's used in chess and the same type of algorithm is used in a bunch of other contexts. But um, um, the idea is that kind of whoever you beat when you race against them, that is what impacts your racing as opposed to, uh, you know, some physiometric qualification that has been measured during these races, which, you know, everybody has a different uh, viewpoint on, I suppose, whether that's good or bad or whatever, but I guess I so the can't one fault I'm reading into it. The one I'm reading into it is it's stepping towards more results-based racing. So, and it also uh, holds your results longer. So as you like I took a couple of months off over winter um, and I, according to the, the app, I'm still a fairly strong racer because I still know how to race. Whereas I might not be able to ride as hard as I, I was, I still have the, te the technique back there. So it's trying to account for some of that sort of stuff, how it's going to work. Can it be implemented in game? We don't know. I Definitely can't at this point in time, but it's absolutely worth looking at. Um, and yeah, you can, you can start to see how the various races and stuff uh, are classified, and the people that are winning the races are definitely ranked higher than the people that aren't. So. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I guess that's the first thing is it does look about right. When you look at the rankings, there's nothing crazy happening. The people who are the strongest are there. Um, the people who are less strong or further down, like people I would be close to in my rankings are close to me in the rankings. So, I mean, it's pretty freaking close. Whatever, you know, there's nothing wacky, wacky. Ultimately, I think whether a system like this ever becomes, um, you know, implemented. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, that that's the real trick, right? Is how do they implement it? Because um, that's what really changes the racing experience, right? Just knowing who's faster or less fast is only like part of the puzzle. We kind of usually figure out in broad strokes that part pretty fast if you yeah. do a couple Zwift races. But the question is, is how does it implement? How does it um, affect your racing experience? Yeah, because again, when we go back to the history of ELO systems and stuff like that. They're usually 1v1 systems. So it becomes a fairly simple points exchange. I'm ranked this, you're ranked that, and there's this much difference and you split it. Um, whereas cycling's not. As we've just seen in this morning's race, race one and two, there was about 100 people in those. So how do you actually average out and give points to winning, give points to losing, whatever? Got to be smarter so, than me to work that out. So I think the way they treat it for this is basically a many-to-many -many of uh, of one v ones. So every person has, you know, they lost against everybody who finished ahead of them, and they won against everybody who finished behind them. Um, so I believe, yeah, yeah, I believe that's how it works. But uh, I'm not completely familiar and i'm i'm not sure if there's anything about how far behind or how far ahead you finished and you know re changing that as well so this is you... 
first time I'm interacting with this site and I'm just looking up myself and it kind of tracks with anecdotally the way I felt my fitness has been going over the last six months or so. Like I've moved, I don't know if these are, yeah, so my number has gone up and then back down and that kind of tracks. But what has this accomplished that say like the race ranking on Zwift Power doesn't do, I guess, is what I'm confused about. So the ranking oh. on Zwift Power, um, it have, it very heavily um, weights against clusters of very good ranks continuing to get better and better ranks. So the the best if you look at the Zwift Power rankings, the best ranked people are the people that race in Eastern North America and Europe, UK. And if you look at people that race in Australia times or Western North America times, the rankings are lower for people that race the same. And I bounce between those. Uh, I bounce between those a lot. I, I race in a lot of different time slots, and I I see that I watch the uh, the rankings. So yeah, when I race in like if, when I race in America's West B one, I'm I, I've often been the best ranked racer, and I'm not the best racer. It's just I've raced a bunch in EMEA. And yeah, being based in Australia, I find that as well. Yeah. So, um, for us racing through winter, there's basically nothing there of of a quality field. Yeah. That's why I took so long off. Is that I hate just riding for riding's sake. I prefer having something to race for or mm-hmm. some some motivator. Um, whereas racing through summer, riding early mornings lines up with that european time slot so you get some top races and some really hard efforts in there which is just more motivating so my ranking on swift power always plummets over summer just because i'm riding against better ranked riders yeah should should level that out in theory i mean again it depends on what those guys like ultimately the only way to smooth that out is to have them come together in some way to test it <laughs> yeah whether they're right and or wrong I so think the uh, the difference that is trying to do is the seasons they reset yeah. they're going to reset your power your ranking every couple of months i think it was three four times a year well within like your so the, the way they've kind of got these categories set up it's not that it's going to reset you like out totally like everyone's not going to reset right to zero it's like if you're in like if you're like in a you're going to reset in a if you're in b yeah. you're going to reset in yeah. b and it's not got i don't know uh they don't call it that they call it challenger and platinum and all this other stuff which yeah. whatever but um I, I kind of actually like that idea a kind of um you know your fitness changes stuff changes like stuff gets too memory right you want some reset and you want something to go yep. for i don't mind that yeah it's so, kind of like it reminds me a bit of the idea someone had mentioned like you know setting i think you'd said it craig last week maybe even like the random random category boundaries yes like just change them every few weeks yep kind of the same idea essentially right maybe you slide a few people from the bottom up to the top of this group but at least you're you know you're you have a chance to move up or down or whatever in each race yeah you're not always racing for tenth. well and yeah so the thing about um yeah resetting the counter the category boundary or having them move is you don't get that cluster of people at 3.9 3.9 watts per kilogram at 3.1 watts per kilogram and at 2.4 watts per kilogram, which is kind of what we have now, right? Mm. Yeah. And this, this should avoid it too, because of course it's not based off physiometrics, right? Like you win, you yeah. win, you lose, you lose. And I guess you might throw races to stay down 
<laughs> when the swap happens, but whatever. What can you, yeah. you you can only program against human nature so often. If you're willing to throw races you weren't trying at to win the races you were trying at, we can't help you. Yeah. So I, I'd say the difference and I I do it sometimes. Um some and some people do it a lot is enter races and just ride it its own too as a recce or whatever, especially on yeah, event only especially yeah. on event only courses that I want to recce. But you know, I've done it on other things too. So um Ooh. yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm doing, I do that occasionally with no ranking intent in mind. If somebody had a, you know, deliberate ranking depression intent, they could do all their zone two in races. Um, and, you know, it, it would throw the, it would throw a ranking system like this off a bit. Now you, you could there's some things you can do to make that go away, but you, you start having to get more and more and more complex to try and account for that. Mm. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I, I credit to the guy for trying credit to his oh, wife. I, absolutely. I, I look, I mean, I, you know, I, I category in the racing community, categorization is one of the bug. It's been a bugaboo probably since about my third race. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people are doing it longer of the same thing. There's no easy answer to it. And, um, you know, it, here's an idea and we hope that people at Zwift are thinking about it. So I think, hey, with, yeah, but I think with that, it's time to say thank you to Craig Martin. Thank you to Chris Greenland. Thank you for his debut episode to Ben Poynton. Enjoy your races, everybody. Moo and good night. Good night. Good night.